I'm going to pray. Lord, thank you that we can be here. I know there's a lot of different people here with different backgrounds, understandings, whatever. But Lord, we all have this one thing in, co in common. We need a fresh encounter with you no matter where we're at. And I pray that for myself and for everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen. So I don't have a lot of, I, this morning I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about our ministry, uh, except I want to talk about a tour we just did in Columbia in Bogota in uh, December. And this was a crazy, amazing tour in some really dangerous neighborhoods in Bogota. In fact, uh, we saw God move like I've never seen him move before. For example, there was these three guys that came to our show, and they were like really cynical. And, they're, they're, they, and in our concert, we show a modern-day depiction of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus using a lot of modern special effects. And um, hopefully, if there's not a blizzard, we'll be doing that here Thursday night. But um, anyway, so they're there, and they're kind of like, yeah, whatever. And so um, uh, one of the guys in our band walked up to him, and, and uh, he, one of the guys had his, band, his hand was all bandaged. And uh, he said, well, can I pray for your hand? I know you think this is nonsense. You don't believe what we're saying is right. But can I please, you know, I believe Jesus is real. Can I pray for your arm? So he started praying for his arm, the guy starts taking off, all of a sudden he starts taking off his bandage and he's going, my arm, it doesn't hurt anymore. And all three of the guys that couldn't, were not interested prayed and asked Jesus into their life. And that's why I follow Jesus, because he's real, he's powerful today. And I want to show you a video of what happened on that tour because it's, uh, it's pretty cool and then I'll talk some more after that. So, when we started... We were playing on a bridge in Amsterdam, and we had a church and an old barge behind Central Train Station. And so my band was playing, and just as we were getting ready to finish the last song, uh, a group of anarchists came, and one of them took a beer bottle, and he smashed it over the drums. And when he did that, his hand, he cut his hand, so his hand was bleeding, and he held the broken bottle up to my face. And another guy came up and spit in my face. And so this drew a huge crowd. You know, you know, people were wanting to know what was going on. So this, it, uh, there was a huge crowd of people there. So I thought I needed to say something. So I said, how many of you in Amsterdam love Satan? And they were going, yeah, we love Satan. And this, so this drew even a bigger crowd of people. And I said, let me tell you who I love. I love the, the one who created the beautiful, the beautiful uh, mountains that surround this city. I love the one who created a good earth for us to live in, who created good for, things for us. But because we turned away from him, there is now there is sickness and evil and suffering and disease. But he loved us so much that he was willing to send part of himself to the earth. And when Jesus came, he didn't come and live like a rich man. But he was with the normal people on the street. And he healed people who were, who were sick. And he fed people who were hungry. But the most important thing that he did is he took all the evil, all the bad things, all the evil in my own heart. He took it on himself when he died. And because Jesus was not just another guru or prophet or teacher, but because he really came from God, he came back to life. And this death sentence over my life can be broken. Now when I said that, 
It was like I could feel electricity coming out of my mouth. I have never spoken with so much of God's anointing on my message. But what did they do? They attacked us. They took knives and they slashed the tires of our, of our van. They started to try to beat up my band. I told them that they should run away. So I said to my band, run away. And two policemen came. And the police were afraid. And when the, you know, when the police are afraid, then, then it really makes you afraid. And they said to me, you need to drive because there's going to be a riot. You need to drive out of here. And I, I said, how can I do that? I have three flat tires. And they said, I don't know, just drive. And so I got in our van that was all smashed, three flat tires, dried spit on my face. I told my band to run away. I'm driving about two miles an hour, and everyone is laughing at me. And they're all going, Jesus, and they're mocking me. But that's not the end of the story. About two weeks later, we were meeting on our boat. You know, so you can imagine, you know, this is where we had our church. So we're meeting on this boat, and we're, we're here like we are right now. And all of a sudden, about 20 of those guys walked in. So we're sitting here, and then 20 of those guys walked in. Because they felt the power in my words on that bridge. But they didn't come to repent. They came with weapons. And so you, you can imagine how we how we felt, because I didn't deny Jesus on that bridge, even though that guy had that broken bottle up to my face. I didn't deny him, and I thought, what's going to happen now? And so they walked in, and again, you know, my guitarist was so afraid he could hardly hold the pick to his guitar. And so but we thought, we're not going to deny Jesus no matter what. And so, again, my, ba my band played like on the bridge, Again, I could feel God's power on my speaking. But this time, it was completely different. They were literally frozen. They couldn't move. I said to them that there was someone named Thomas. And he said, I'm not going to believe unless I can see the nail prints in Jesus' hand or in his side. And I said to them, Jesus is here right now if you want to see him. I walked up to their leader, and he was shaking like a leaf because the presence of God was so strong on our boat. And a ministry was raised up in Amsterdam, reaching the radical anarchists because there is no one more powerful than Jesus. Jesus is not just a theology or a doctrine or some kind of cultural thing. Jesus is powerful. We had the same experience when we played at First Avenue here in Minneapolis. My band was playing at First Avenue. These girls walked in. They started to make fun of the band because they said, oh, it's this stupid Christian band. They walked in until they saw the bartender. And the bartender was shaking so hard behind the bar, he couldn't serve drinks. And so these girls were the first ones to come forward at First Avenue and give their life to Jesus. I'm telling you, Jesus is powerful. And he wants us to understand something. It says in Ephesians 1.18 that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to everyone who believes. 
Every man and woman in this chapel this morning has the same power in them. If they are a follower of Jesus, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. But you know, you can hear things like that and it doesn't mean anything. I mean, I've heard a lot. I, when, I was in high, when I was in high school like you guys are, I heard a lot of stuff about Jesus all the time. All the time. And it was just, yeah. But it wasn't like, a, I needed more than a, to know the facts. I needed a revelation of the facts. I needed it to not just be a, a, something that I hear. I needed to understand it. You see, because today it's not good enough to just say, I believe. Today you have to have real faith. Like it says in Hebrews eleven six. without faith it's impossible to please God. But this is not normal kind of faith. What you need is you need to have faith like a buffalo. You know what I mean? Of course you do. You know, most animals, when it's cold and raining, they all kind of huddle together. You know, because like in Minnesota, it's always cold and raining, right? So all these animals, they'll huddle together to stay out of the cold and the rain. But a buffalo is different. A buffalo puts his chin right into the cold, right into the rain, and says, go ahead, blow on me, I don't care. Buffalo faith. Dangerous faith. This is the kind of faith you need to have, and so do I. Now, here's the thing. Again, when I was in high school, I thought it was about acknowledging something. You know what I mean? I believe. You know, I acknowledge that Jesus came from God. I believe the story. I said, I believe, because I thought it was acknowledging it. But that's not true. That's not what it is. In James 2, 14, it says, Faith without works is dead. Show faith without action, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe in one God. Even the demons believe. And they're terrified. You foolish man, do you not know faith without action is useless? All right. So you have this stool here, and you go, you know, I really believe that if I sat on that stool, it would hold me up. I really do. I think that stool is very well constructed. It's pretty heavy. I think it could hold my weight. Maybe what I could do is take a picture of the stool you know, and put it on the wall in my house. I believe that this stool will hold me up. But it's not until I'm willing to sit on the stool that I have faith that the stool will hold me up. It's not about just acknowledging things. It's about changing the way I live. When I have this encounter with Jesus, I can't go on the same way. It's impossible. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 31, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the, un 
people who don't even believe in God run after all these things. But seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. It's like, I, I know I need to have money. I know I need to buy food. I know I need all these things, but this is not the purpose of my life. The purpose of my life is not to see what kind of a great job I can get. The purpose of my life is not to try to be as secure as possible. The purpose of my life is not to just, tr just become an old man or an old woman and collect all kinds of things, try to have as much fun as I can. This is not the purpose of my life. Every single man and woman here was created for mission, for purpose. Don't believe the lie that the purpose of your life is just what the world tells you. I'm telling you this, if you listen to that lie, you're going to end up like a lot of the people you look at today and you're going, I'm not, I don't want to be like them. I'm not going to be like them. And you will be like them. You'll be, you'll be living a life full of re regrets because the world does not satisfy. And there's also this lie, you know, that tells me, well, you know, I'm not, God can't really have this plan for me because I'm, I'm here to tell you that God isn't asking you to survive. He wants to use you to make an impact in the world. And you're going, yeah, but come on, I'm not, and, you know, some of you think you are, you're really gifted, but most of us probably don't. And you're thinking, well, I can't do that. You know, I'm too weak. I'm too imperfect. But I'm telling you, God, that's who God uses. I mean, he used a, he used a, a, a boy to defeat a giant. He used a fisherman to start his church. He uses prostitutes. He uses cowards. He uses, he uses an ex-murderer. He can use somebody like me. In 2 Corinthians 4.7, it says we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. It's about real faith. And I believe that God would call some men and women here this morning to this kind of faith. What a kind of faith do you have? Do you have, do you have a living faith or do you, have you acknowledged Jesus? I, I want you to know this. One of the lies you can believe when you're young is that you have all the time in the world. You know, I have time. I don't have to be serious about these things. But it's not true. In the Bible, it says that our life is like a mist. You know, there's this, this fog that comes over the ground. The sun comes up and burns it off, and that's it. That's how it is. You're 20, 30, 40. It goes just like this. Some of us are here, and we've a, we have never surrendered our lives to Jesus. We've acknowledged him. We've, we've said all the right words. But in our hearts, we know we've not, sur we've, we've not surrendered to him. We've not put our faith in him. I can remember I'd hear people you know, talk, and they talk about Jesus coming back, and, and uh, they would be really good speakers, and they would talk about Jesus coming back, 
and it kind of freaked me out, and I thought, so I'd, I'd ask Jesus into my life again. You know what I mean? <laughs> because I hadn't, re- and even though it didn't really take away that emptiness, even though I was kind of living, really, I was saying I followed Jesus, but I was living in the world completely. I knew I wasn't right with God. I knew that if I were to die, you know, if, if I was to leave this auditorium and, and, and something happened and I was going to be stand, and I was to die and stand before God, I, I knew, I had, I knew that my name would not be written in his book because I had not surrendered my life to him. And I believe there are people like that here in this, this chapel. And you need to surrender your life to Jesus this morning. And I think there are others here who God, you, he wants to call you to something extraordinary. He wants to call you to something, something that is, he doesn't want you just to settle for, for a normal life. He's calling to you to something extraordinary. And you need to say, surrender to Jesus and say, Jesus, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. So, if you feel like what I was talking about was for you, I want you to be uncool. I want you to be humble, not care about what other people think. And I want you to come up here to the front and kneel with me and say, Jesus, I want real faith. I want to surrender my life to you. I want to do whatever it is you want me to do, no matter what. From this, with your help, God, this is the commitment I want to make. So if that's you, come now. Just come. And I was praying about this, speaking to you guys. And I really really feel if some of you are in danger of throwing away the amazing life God wants to give you because you have this very religious idea of what it means to follow God. And if you're like me, you're thinking, I don't want that. But that's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something that's not about a religious thing. It's about having an encounter was something so more real than anything that you will ever experience in this life. And I believe that there are people here that God is, is calling to be used. He, wants to, he doesn't just want to come into your life, but he wants to send you and use you to bring, your, to bring love to, to a world that is so broken and destroyed and, and being slaughtered. But the first thing that needs to happen, like need to ha- needed to happen with me, was I needed to surrender my life to Jesus. 
I needed to fall at his feet and say, okay, here I am. You know me. I can't hide from you. You know everything good, everything bad about me. Here I am. I surrender. No more acknowledging you. I invite you to come in to my life and change me. And I will do whatever it is you want. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll live wherever you want me to live. Take my life. Take my life. Is there anyone else that needs to come up here and kneel? You need to surrender to Jesus this morning. Anyone else? Just come. It's important to do this because it's, it shows a seriousness before Jesus. It's like a, um, killing your pride, which is always a good thing. Anyone else? Just want to give a chance for everyone. So, Lord, here we are. Here we are, Lord. And I pray for every student, Lord. I pray for those who are kneeling. I pray for those who are not kneeling, Lord. You know them because you made them. You know this, every fear, every um, question. Thank you, Lord, that you are not just uh, words, but you are powerful. So, Lord, I pray that every single one of us can have a fresh encounter with you. I pray for those who are kneeling before you because they're saying, I want to surrender to you, Lord. I ask that you would hear this cry that's in their heart and that this would be be the beginning of an extraordinary life. And for those who are not sure, Lord, maybe they're even cynical about this, I pray that you would answer their questions, Lord, because you want to do that. Lord, protect what you've said to us this morning. Don't let it go away. Let it get stronger. Let it get uh, burn even more inside of us throughout this day. And I pray that everything you want to do uh, through our week together will happen. Bless everyone that's here. Bless everyone who came and, and, and uh, all those who responded. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening in on our Encounter podcast. You can find previous Encounter recordings and who will be coming in future weeks on our Southwest Christian High School webpage, www.swchs.org. Click on Student Life and Encounter. Again, thank you for joining us, and until next time, keep your eyes fixed, not on speakers, teachers, or institutions, but on Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith.